Praise the Lord. Let's take a moment to thank God for this time and for allowing God to minister into our inner person. Father, we thank you, Lord, for giving us this opportunity, this privilege once again of being together as a congregation of your people, Lord. And even those of us who are at home, Lord, Father, and those of us who are elsewhere, Lord, Father, we thank you, Lord, that you've given us an opportunity, Lord, to go into your word, Lord, Father, to hear what you have for us to say, Lord, Father. And I pray, Lord, that you will truly minister into our inner being, to each and every one of us, Lord. Father God, what we hear, Lord, I pray, Lord, that it will fall on good soil. It will take root and it will bear fruit. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Would you turn with me to the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 7, verses 24 to 27. Very well-known passage of Scripture. I'm going to read it, and I'm going to read it from the New Living Translation. And those of you who have got other versions, just bear with me. This is what it says in the New Living Translation, Matthew 7, verse 24 onwards. Anyone who listens to my teaching and obeys me is wise, like a person who builds a house on solid rock. Though the rain comes in torrents and the floodwaters rise and the winds beat against that house, it won't collapse because it is built on rock. But anyone who hears my teaching and ignores it is foolish, like a person who builds a house on sand. When the rains and floods come and the winds beat against that house, it will fall with a mighty crash. Now we all know that God wants every one of us to be saved. God doesn't, any, doesn't want any one of us to end up in hell. But while we are living on this earth, God also wants us to live life abundant, and we know that. That's there in the scriptures. So this is something that God has always desired for you and for me. And the other desire that God has always had is we walk in a close relationship with him. Now, relationships start with communication. We have been looking at couples in the Bible. And we often find that a marriage fails because there is an initial fracture in the communication. It is communication which keeps people together. It is communication which allows us to relate with one person or the other. I just had an opportunity of giving a guest lecture at uh, one of these universities here. And my, my, my topic was actually managing classroom challenges. And while we listed out a lot of things, I said the solution is very simple. The solution is simply communication. If we can communicate, if we can talk with each other, the issue becomes very small. The problem that seems to separate us, the challenge in the class actually becomes pretty small and we can overcome it. 
But if we choose to each pull in our own direction, we are going to end up with challenges. And so God has desired that we need to have a close relationship with him. That's been his desire all the time. Whether we have that desire or not is a different thing. But God's constant desire is that. And for that, we need to have communication. And we all know that communication has many parts. But one of the most important, yet often overlooked components of communication is the role of listening. The role of listening. And that's what we are going to focus on today. And so the title of today's message is very simply, Listening to the Voice of God. Now, if I go back to the four verses that we read, and that's why I'm using the New Living Translation today, because other translations have got the words differently. Verse 24 starts off by saying, anyone who listens to my teaching, Verse 24 and verse 25 are about the wise man who built his house on the rock. But Jesus starts off by saying this, verse 24, anyone who listens to my teaching. And in verse 26, where Jesus is addressing those who are not wise, those who are foolish, he starts off by addressing them this way. Verse 26, anyone who hears my teaching. See the difference. Anyone who listens to my teaching is wise. Anyone who hears my words and does not do them is foolish. So what's the difference between listening and hearing? I've had to go to the dictionary and the Merriam-Webster dictionary defines hearing as a process, a process, a function, or an ability of perceiving sounds. Now, there will be some of you here, and there will be some of you online who will be hearing me. All you are doing is you're perceiving sounds. When I sat in some of my lectures as a student, the only thing I could think about is when is this lecturer going to finish talking and I can go out and have my cup of coffee. Because all that was happening was I was just hearing words. They meant nothing to me. They were coming into my ear and getting bounced off. So that's what is hearing. It's a process. It's a function. It's an ability of perceiving sounds. Listening, on the other hand, as described or defined in a dictionary, is paying attention to the sound, giving it thoughtful consideration, and arriving at an intelligent conclusion. Listening is paying attention to the sound, giving it thoughtful consideration, and arriving at an intelligent conclusion. So listening is not a process. Listening is more than that. It's a package. While hearing is just a process. In ancient Greek, 
the words used are different. The word for to hear is akawu. To hear is akawu. But to listen, to listen to is hupakuwu. That's the Greek word, hupakuwu. You see, so the words are different and that's the way they're described in the word of God. The English Bible often uses these two words interchangeably. And you will soon, you will find that in some versions you hear the word hear. While in other versions, you will see the word listen. Now let's not uh, get into the semantics of uh, the different versions of the Bible. But all I'm telling you is today, God wants you to listen, not to hear. You need to listen. Out there at home, you need to listen. It's not about my words. You need to listen to the voice of God. Again, if we go back to Matthew chapter 7, we see that Jesus was actually classifying people into two different groups. In verse 24, he describes the purposeful listener. The purposeful listener. A man who listens, acts on it, does something about it, and builds his house on the rock. And in verse 26, Jesus Christ describes the passive hearer, the passive hearer listens, sorry, hears the word, doesn't do anything about it, doesn't build his house on strong foundation. And so when the winds come and the storm hits and the winds blow, the house that is built on the sand is going to collapse. Now, my question to you simply is this. Are you a purposeful listener or are you a passive hearer? In many things, it really might not be very important that you should listen. A lot of things that you get on television, it's better you don't listen to it. Hear it if you will, but don't bother listening to it. But when it comes to the word of God, don't hear it. Listen. Okay, I may be overemphasizing these words, but I want you to get the point that when it comes to the word of God, when it comes to the voice of God, you've got to internalize it. You've got to understand it. And then you've got to apply it in your life. If we can't do that, the voice of God has no meaning in our lives. And God tells us so many things that we need for our daily living. Now, as in everything else in life, there are some rules to follow while listening. Now, we will look at five rules, but these are in the form of questions. So my first question is this, why is listening so important? Why is listening so important? The answer is very simple. Simply because God said so. God said it, and so we have to do it. God said, listen. In Matthew chapter 17, verse 5, God the Father says, This is my beloved Son, and I am fully pleased with him. 
listen to him. That is the words of God the Father. This is my beloved son, whom I am well pleased. Listen to him. And throughout the Gospels, Jesus asks his followers and the crowd to listen. In Matthew chapter 15, verse 10, Jesus says, Listen to what I say and try to understand. In Luke 9, verse 44, Jesus again says this, Listen to me and remember what I say. Now, often when we hear things, we never remember them. Now, how many of you have heard politicians and then remember that a day later? Because there is really nothing to remember. You don't need to listen to half of what politicians say. I mean, why half? 99% of what politicians say. But you can't take that risk with God. When God says something, we have got to understand it. We have got to take it to ourselves. It may be a word of encouragement. It may be a promise. It may be a warning. It may be a reproach. Whatever it is, it is God's word. It is the word of your creator. It is the voice of your creator. And if we choose not to listen to the voice of our creator, who do we listen to? So we have got to find ourselves in that position. We've got to say, okay, I need to listen to God because he's asked me to listen to him. God the Father said it. Jesus Christ said it. Now, if that is not good enough reasons, let's go to Proverbs chapter 2, verse 1. My child, listen to me and treasure my instructions. Verse 9. Then you will understand what is right, just and fair, and you will know how to find the right course of action every time. So for us to understand what is right, what is just, what is fair, and for us to find the right course of action, what is the first step? My child, listen to, to me and treasure my instructions. This is the word of God. There are many more reasons. When you go through the Bible, you will find many more reasons why we need to listen to God. But let's move on. Number two, who do we listen to? Obviously, God is the number one answer. It's number one on our list. We listen to God. We said last time, why is listening so important? Because God said so. Now, who do we listen to? We listen to God. God has spoken throughout history. God spoke to Abraham and to Moses and to Noah and to David and to Peter and to Paul and to John. And every time they listened to him and obeyed him, they had victory. God also spoke to Samson and Saul. They heard him, but they never obeyed him. And they tasted defeat. Church history tells us that God spoke to Martin Luther King, sorry, Martin Luther, the original Martin Luther. God spoke to Martin Luther through the book of Galatians, and that was the birth of the Reformation movement in the church. 
It was not an audible voice that Martin Luther heard, but it was the voice of God through the words in the scripture of God. And that was enough to tell Martin Luther that there needed to be a change, a reformation. And we are today where we are because of a lot of things that took place during that reformation age. Now, most of us can testify that God has spoken to us in different ways. And every time we have listened and obeyed him, we have tasted victory in our life. But the times that God has spoken to us, but we haven't listened to him, we have let the words bounce off us and gone and gone ahead to do what we wanted to do. We have tasted defeat. Haven't we heard this from so many of us, victory night after victory night after victory night, of how God did it. God said it, and it happened. God said it, I did it, it happened. But there are others too. It's not only God that we need to listen to. That's what the Bible tells us. In Proverbs chapter 1, verse 8 and 9, we read that we need to listen to our parents. Now, this is obviously for, for children who should listen to parents. Because once you're an adult, things change a little bit, isn't it? Yeah, you need to be careful where you are there. In Proverbs chapter 1, verse 8 and 9, this is what we read. Listen, my child, to what your father teaches you. Don't neglect your mother's teaching. What you learn from them will crown you with grace and clothe you with honor. Today morning, there was a WhatsApp video that was sent just before the service in the excellent men's group. I normally don't turn on all videos and listen to them, but today I did was the story of a man who put his mother in the uh, you know, old people's home. And he regretted it at the point of her death. He regretted it at the point of his death. You see, the message I'm simply telling you is this. Children, listen to your parents when they are there. Listen to your father, listen to your mother, because they have something to tell you. Okay, don't wait for them to be in the coffin before you start realizing, I should have listened to my father. I should have listened to my mother. It's too late. We are also asked to listen to our teachers, however impossible that sounds. Proverbs 5. 13 and 14. And again, I'm reading from New Living Translation. The writer asks this question. Oh, why didn't I listen to my teachers? Why did not I pay attention to those who gave me instruction? I have come to the brink of utter ruin. And now I must face public disgrace. 
Now, how many of you actually realize that teaching is an utterly thankless profession? I know that there are teachers in our midst and they will realize what I'm talking about. But let me address the rest of you. How many of you as students, as parents, ever bother to say a word of appreciation to your school teachers or college teachers? At any point during the school year or even during graduation? Very often the thought is, I graduated despite my teachers. But realization hits us like it hit me. That's what I thought when I graduated from school, when I graduated from college, I thought I did it. After all, I'm an intelligent young man. I mean, I was an intelligent young man. So I, I did it. What do my teachers have to do? They just wasted my time. Five years down the line, I realized that I was where I was because of what my teachers did. If my teachers had not inputted so many things into my life, if my parents had not inputted so many things into my life, I would be down some ruinous path. But the fact that I was on a much better plane, I realized five, ten years after I graduated, and I've had the opportunity of going back to my teachers and saying thank you. See, we need to listen. The Bible tells us, yes, we need to listen to God implicitly. We need to listen to our parents. We need to listen to our teachers. Now, these are the kinds of people we need to listen to. Now, who is it that we do not have to listen to? That's my third point. Who do we not listen to? It is important that you're aware that there are quite a few things that we should not be listening to at all. King David sets the standard in the first Psalm when he tells us, in the first verse of the first Psalm, when he tells us not to walk, stand, or sit with the ungodly, the sinner, and the scornful. See, that's the standard he sets right at the beginning. In Genesis chapter 3, we read of how the devil tempted Eve. Her first mistake was to listen to the devil's soft and captivating voice. Now, if you ever think that the devil has got some rough, raspy voice, which sounds terrible, please put that away. The devil is a is a, is a massive is illusionist, conjurer, magician, deceiver, liar, everything. And he has the ability to come to one person with a sweet, captivating voice. And he has the, the knowledge to go to another person with a voice of authority. So what happened in the Garden of Eden? We have been looking at this in ourselves. Eve's first mistake was to listen to that sweet, captivating voice. It didn't turn out to be sweet much longer. 
but at that time it was. And the devil is still practicing his old tricks. And if we give him an opportunity to talk to us, we will fall. If there is one person with whom you have no communication, it is the devil. In 2 Peter chapter 2, verses 1 to 3, we are warned to be aware of or to beware of false prophets and false teachers. Again, let me read that passage from New Living Translation. But there are also false teachers in Israel, just as there will be false teachers among you. They will cleverly teach you their destructive heresies about God and even turn their master who brought them who bought them. Theirs will be a swift and terrible end. Many will follow their evil teaching and shameful immorality. And because of them, Christ and his true ways will be slandered. In their greed, they will make up clever lies to get hold of your money. But God condemned them long ago and their destruction is on their way. We all need to be fully aware of this because of this fancy that many people have of chasing after all kinds of preachers, teachers, and prophets. And in today's online world, every Tom, Dick, and Harry has become Pastor Tom, Pastor Dick, and Pastor Harry. Beware. I hope you all know about the Socrates filter test. You know it? Some of you know it. For those of you who don't know, let me tell you what it is. To every bit of conversation that comes your way, ask these three questions. Is that statement the truth? Number two, is, it, is that statement something good? Number three, is that statement useful to me if I hear it? If you have answered no to any one of these, is it true? Is it the truth? Is it something good? Is it useful to hear? If you have answered no to any one of these three statements, don't even bother to listen to that comment, communication, gossip, whatever. This is the Socrates filter test to identify truth. Number four, how should we listen to God? The Bible gives us examples of how God spoke to his people in different ways. To Moses, God spoke in a burning bush. To Belshazzar, God spoke through a writing on the wall. To, God, to Paul, God spoke through a blinding light. To Elijah, God spoke in a still, small voice. Now, God can choose any way that he wants to, to speak to us. Whatever way he wants to speak to us, it doesn't matter. All we need to do is listen. Whether it is an audible voice that God is using to speak to you. And he can do that if he chooses to do that. Or maybe it is through his written word. 
which we all carry with us in multiple versions, multiple translations, multiple languages, and with multiple commentaries. If it is through his spirit in you, the Holy Spirit ministering unto us from inside us, whatever way God wants his people, allow him to choose the medium and the method. Don't tell him that you want God to speak to you in another burning bush. Let God choose the medium of how he's going to speak to you. But we need to be ready to listen to him and act on the words that he tells us. In Psalm chapter 5, the psalmist says, listen to my voice in the, in the morning, or the psalmist writes, Listen to my voice in the morning, Lord. Each morning I bring my requests to you and wait expectantly. That's what, see, look at the heart of David. He says, I bring my requests to you and then I wait expectantly because I know you're going to talk to me. I know you're going to give me my answer. It might not be answer I want, but I know that the answer that you're going to give me is better than anything that I could have ever imagined. That's God. And that's what David says. In Psalm 4, chapter, in Psalm 4 verse 3, he says this, you can be sure of this. The Lord will answer when I call on you. That's the confidence because David, developed the attitude of listening to God. Why did God say that he's a man after my own heart? We know David made all kinds of errors, errors which none of us have done. Adultery, murder, massacre, name it, he's done it. How many of you have done all those here? But yet God says he's a man after my own heart. Why? Because even though David made mistakes and errors, when God told him, when God reproached him, either through the word or through people, through prophets, David listened and repented. The issue really is not whether God speaks or not. The issue is whether we are listening to the voice of God or just hearing it or maybe not even hearing it. My final point, fifth point is this, is this. What are the consequences of not listening to God? By the very nature of man, if we don't listen to the voice of God, we will turn and listen to someone else. That's our nature. If the devil happens to be around there, he's the one you're going to listen to. If it happens to be somebody else, it's going to be somebody else. Hebrews chapter 2 verse 1 puts it precisely. So we must listen very carefully to the truth we have heard or we may drift away from it. 
being grounded on the sure foundation of the word of God is crucial to every Christian believer. Or else your end result will be like the man who built his house on the sand. And let me quote those two verses again. Matthew 7, 26 and 27, New Living Translation. But anyone who hears my teaching and ignores it is foolish, like a person who builds a house on sand. When the rains and floods come and the winds beat against that house, it will fall with a mighty crash. It is a seriously dangerous thing to choose not to listen to the voice of God. The Bible clearly tells us that the fall will be great and the end result is disastrous. But I also want you to note one thing. And I'll just take you to a snippet of a TV. I'm trying to catch it in your mind's eye. When we look at these you know, uh, videos on YouTube or sometimes on TV news, whatever, and we see uh, beachside houses and riverside houses, beautiful mansions, which are suddenly collapsing. You know, they have built them on the beachside or on the, on the riverside and uh, it's all very nice and good till the storm came, till the banks uh, overflowed in the rivers, uh, whatever happened around there, and then the house went collapsing too. Recently, we have seen pictures of uh, houses floating away in uh, Sydney, in Australia, because of the massive storms that have hit that area. It appears sudden and dramatic. Yes, it is dramatic and it is catastrophic, but it isn't sudden. So when our fall comes also, the fall will be sudden and dramatic, but the process is not sudden. The process is slow. For that house, which was built on the, on the beach side or on the river side to fall into the river or into the sea, the erosion has taken place over many, many years. The foundation has constantly been eroded. Architects and engineers should be able to tell you this. Why you need to build a strong foundation. That fall of the house is not sudden, if the, even if the foundation was good. There's been a constant erosion. And that's what happens in our life. If we do not listen to the voice of God, our fall is going to be dramatic and catastrophic and disastrous. But the process is something that's taken place over time. Constantly, your foundation is being eroded. Constantly, your dependence on God is being taken away. And then you are on shaky foundation and you don't see it. Because it's all hidden. And you don't realize that the superstructure, that is you, is suddenly going to collapse. And as I end, I know some of you may have this thought, maybe here, maybe at home, I don't know. You may think, I have persistently disobeyed God. I have not listened to him. Will God give me a second chance? And my answer is straight from the word of God. Matthew 21 verses 28 to 31a. But what do you think about this? 
a man with two sons told the older boy, son, go out and work in the vineyard today. The son answered, no, I won't go. But later he changed his mind and went anyway. Then the father told the other son, you go. And he said, yes, sir, I will. But he didn't go. Which of these two was obeying the father? And the people replied, the first, of course. Many of us are like the first son. We have heard the voice of God, but have neither listened nor obeyed. But just like the son who changed his mind and went and did what his father wanted him to do, we too can do the same. Let us not be like the second son who said yes, but then disobeyed and never went and did what his father wanted him to do. As I call on Pastor Francis to close the first part of today's service, let me also mention something. And when I was writing this message, I told God, this is too simplistic a message. There is no doctrinal revelation in this. But what God said was this, my people need to listen to me. They hear, but they do not listen. My words are being drowned out in all the other noises that they hear. Brothers and sisters, our God is a God of second chances. I do not know to whom this message specifically applies. All I can say is this, let us be purposeful listeners and not passive hearers. Church, let me conclude with these words that are repeatedly quoted in Revelation chapter two and chapter three. And again, I'm quoting from New Living Translation. Anyone who is willing to hear should listen to the spirit and understand what the spirit is saying to the churches. God bless you all, church.